<laughs> I did yeah. have one hilarious bug during a during like a rather intense story moment. We're in a car, and like we just like plowed through like three people crossing the, <laughs> the sidewalk. <laughs> And like my the characters in the scene didn't acknowledge it at all, but they were like, what? <laughs> like a lot, like freak out. And like I was like, oh, that was hilarious. We just did a hit and run. Cyberpunk is out. You can play it. It's an early access, uh, allegedly. Well, actually, I haven't experienced that many bugs. It's an early access. I mean, not officially. So you know what it is, and this is gonna. This is why we're gonna have to talk about this game in two ways. We're gonna have to talk about the the the, the discourse, the hype, the marketing, the the business practices, right? In, in at one segment. And response to those. <laughs> well, I mean, the whole conversation, right? We'll have sure. that conversation. And then I have played this game for 20 hours. Sure. So I will give my impressions. If you are sensitive to spoilers or you just don't want a lot of details for the first 20 hours, like I said, first 20 hours, I'm still, I feel like I just started playing the game. So like there will be some minor spoilery stuff. I won't like intentionally give any plot specific points, but like. Or game features. A lot of those are. Game, there will be some game features. There, you, there, I will be talking about this game and stuff that happens in the first 20 hours. So if you want to miss that, Look down in the description, and there's a timestamp, and you can skip ahead and skip all of this. And if you want, I think to I'm going to click this, there myself because I haven't played that much. Uh, well, <laughs> you should you should find another podcast. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's, uh, I'll, I'll try not to like ruin it for anybody, but like, there's a lot to say. So let's start talking about the game first, sure. and then and then we're gonna have we're gonna have a lengthy discussion about crunch and just everything about this game, like the the way the game was, was right. made. Um, okay. I think that this game has lived up to maybe slightly, slightly exceeded my expectations. It's worth noting that my expectations were were tempered, particularly in the last month or two with all yeah. the delays and then with the first round of reviews coming out being kind of not that uh, positive. No, <laughs> or I mean, cynical, I feel like. Like maybe not cynical, but like they were they were tempered. So like my expectations weren't super sky high like the hype what uh, hadn't entirely affected me mm-hmm. but i think that the world is i mean this feels like like such a next generation game if there is such yeah. a thing yeah. like in every way the graphics the uh you know maybe not the storytelling i feel like storytelling is pretty pretty well figured the out scope of it the scope of it the, scope the design of the city uh the yeah. art the mission design, the side quests, it, it really, I, I, I feel like if you're able to play this game in an uncompromised format, which we're going to talk about a little bit more, there's compromised and uncompromised formats, I think, uh, it's an incredible game. It, it, and it, it really does feel like it's delivering what I was hoping the game would do on almost every front. And it's also worth noting that I heard so much about how many bugs there were in the game, and I have experienced a few bugs. I had one bug where a quest didn't complete, even though I'd clearly completed the quest and I had to go back to a save and redo it. Thankfully, it was a very simple quest. And it took, it, I, I lost about five minutes, so it was like annoying, but it wasn't the end of the world. Uh, I have this great shot that Kevin saw. I was in a strip club 
and there was like a, a T poser, <laughs> but the T poser's <laughs> eyes were on the stripper. Mm. So like they were half alert. Um, and you know, there's been a few things like, like some, like you do some missions where you have a partner and sometimes your partner will just like bounce around the room, like a weird little digital doll. Who's just like, you know, moving much faster and like mm. skipping. Like, so like that stuff, it's a little rough around the edges, but I think if I think back to playing Skyrim when it first came out, that was, that was worse. That was like absolutely oh, yeah. worse. Bug fest um, for sure. And, and, or I think about playing GTA four, like that was a significantly more compromised experience when it first came out. Um, there's Absolutely. lots of games yeah, that, that like, I feel like like GTA four is a game. that's like remembered for being perfect. 10 out of 10 on IGN, all that shit. But like, yeah. I think that game was in just garbage shape when it came out. I don't know. You guys have Oren. you, you've been watching it. Your friend's been playing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, the thoughts that I have right now is, uh, first of all, that these are purely impressions. I, I have been watching my, uh, my roommate play it for, I've probably watched him for about four hours. So I got kind of a taste of it. I've played a little bit of it, but I've just, I think I've just played so many open world games this year that I'm a little burnt out and I'm just not feeling the urge to play, to play it right now. So I've just been kind of watching Mm -hmm. and, the impressions so far are positive. I think, I, th- I think the the game is a lot more standard RPG than I thought it would be. Um, so I'm kind of glad that I went into it with tempered expectations. Like one of the missions that I saw unfolded a lot like The Witcher, where you had to trail um, like a hologram to figure out where a band of characters went and then you confront the characters and then it ends in a dialogue exchange that can unfold three or four different ways. So Mm -hmm. I was pleasantly surprised to see that. Um, but I was, I was also a little underwhelmed because this game has been hyped so much that kind of seeing a very similar gameplay loop to the Witcher three in a lot of ways was slightly disappointing. But hmm. but but overall, I think my favorite thing about the game so far are the vibes. I just think the the vibes are great when you're just driving around Night City and you just have some music blasting in the car and you're just kind of like looking around. It's so atmospheric in a way yeah. that reminds me of Blade Runner um, or just the best type of cyberpunk cinema. Or um, so that's what I that's so overall. It seems good. I want to dive more into it. Uh, but uh, Aaron, I wanted to ask you, what do you think so far of the writing uh, overall? Um, I think the writing is fine. Like, I, I'd have to tell you more after I've played much more of the story. I've been doing a lot of side quests lately, although I have played somewhat significantly into the story. Um, I, I'm enjoying it. I don't know. It's unusual for me to sit down and play a single player game. And and start and, and play. I played ten hours my first day. Like that, I never do anything like that. I don't think I played ten hours of Doom Eternal the day mm. it came out. So I, I felt immediately hooked in, invested, interested, and was just chugging along until I noticed, oh, it's it's four o'clock in the morning and I need to go to bed. <laughs> uh, so um, I, I think the writing is pretty good. Like like you were talking about it looking like Blade Runner. Like this is so much pastiche and homage to the point of like it being almost like 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 just completely non-original like it, it, there's so much blade runner and terminator and robocop and uh akira in this in this uh game like so 
I I'm, I'm there for that. And I'm interested in that presentation and, and it's working for me, but I could see why it would turn some people off because it's so, it is so 1980s cyberpunk. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't feel like 2020 cyberpunk. It feels like 1980s. The cars look like they're from the eighties. Uh, there's punk rockers with mohawks everywhere, which, you know, do you, you see that now? Um, like it's, it's just such a 1980s version of the future and the way the computers look and the way the interfaces look, which I love, but, but it is, it is very much a thing and it's not really, it's not really rising above what like Sid Mead did in, you know, in Blade Runner. It's, it's not, it's not like improving upon it, but I'm okay with that. Yeah, that is something that I had uh, some reservations with. And again, I haven't really played enough of the game to really come to a conclusion. Uh, but just hearing you talk about it, uh, listening to other podcasts talk about it, it seems like a lot of people have this problem with the overall tone of the game where it is a, a pastiche, but it also kind of feels like there's not a purpose to it beyond, oh, we're edgy nostalgia. Uh, kind it does of. the GTA edgy stuff everywhere. Right, like, right. And there's so much like edgelord, like, pornography and like goofy signs and stuff and like billboards that are just meant to get a, like a cheap laugh, which is one thing that I don't like about the game is like, I never liked that about, or maybe I liked it about GTA, like in 2002 when, you know, the GTA three, but like, like it gets, it got very old, this sort of like ironic, everything's just like a fucking joke with no real punchline other than ha ha ha. Um, <laughs> like it's just immature, I guess is what the problem is. And there is a bit of that in this game. It's not nearly like in G in the Grand Theft Auto games, it's dialed up to 10. Everything's just over the top ridiculous. Uh, and the, here it's like, there's a bit of it, but, but like, there's also like the world is extremely uh, evocative and real feeling. The city feels like it has clear defined districts with histories. Every time I walk around a corner, I will just be like, Whoa, I got to take a second to take this in and just look at the world. Like it doesn't feel like a clone stamped set of boxes like so many open world games do. It really feels like a living, breathing city, despite the sort of immature bullshit going on around the periphery. Uh, on the note of the pastiche and aesthetics and looking, you know, retro '80s kind of vibe, I, to, I guess when I think of cyberpunk, I, I think of that, and I, well, I felt like it wasn't entire. My take was it was didn't just feel like that. Like, I guess if it was, like, always nighttime and it was raining and, like, you know, it was playing, like, cool Vangelis kind of music. But, like, I got in a car and it was playing, like, rap. And, like, it didn't feel right. like it or, like it didn't feel like it was stuck with just the aesthetics or trappings of a cyberpunk thing. And I, I that, that was my take was, like, wow, this doesn't feel like this feels like a world that happens to be in this kind of setting. But it didn't feel like it was solely that. Um, I hmm. did notice the advertisements. I felt like... They were absurd, uh, but they, it doesn't, I guess it didn't, ha Rockstar has this very cynical, like, every, everyone's stupid kind of thing, like, everyone's an idiot, and that's what's funny. I didn't feel mm -hmm. like that was in this game. I, I felt like th they were trying agree. to make fun of more of, like, a, like, they were kind of making fun of, like, how consumerism can be, I don't know, I felt like it, it sounded like it was smarter in this game to me, even though I know, I obviously those ads are very loud some of them are just like i can't believe i'm looking at that in this game for a second i'm like that yeah that's in a video game um <laughs> but um 
I don't know. I just when I think of like the insufferable nature of GTA Five, like the way mm-hmm. everything's written and the ads are just it's like obnoxious like i don't even know why people like it because like there's nothing about any of those characters or world or anything that i really enjoy like it's just Mm. it's it's like satire to the point of just absurdity and it's not even it's not even i don't know so i guess my thought was i didn't feel like that this game had that it did have some of that and it's funny because saints row gta and this game all have kind of this like slight parody kind of thing Mm -hmm. i'm not it's almost like a requirement of the genre at this point like right kind of- it's like a genre institution and, and it's something i wouldn't mind seeing mo- moving beyond like I, I i don't think that you see so much of that in watchdogs maybe a little but um watchdogs, watchdogs is, is a good counterpoint because it's 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 a very similar game it's a very similar setting but it feels much more like present times like it, it mm-hmm. looks much more contemporary um and in a way that's kind of like scary because like the stuff that's that you see, the kind of weird surveillance shit that's happening in Watch Dogs, feels very real and like just around the corner. Whereas the stuff that's happening in Cyberpunk doesn't like it does, that. That is not going to be our future. Cyber, we're not destined for Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Right. Um, but like, but we might be for Watch Dogs. So it's interesting. But um, I mean, and, and I don't want to talk too badly about the the pastiche and the homage. I love it. Like I am 100% there for it. It is something we've seen in video games before, but we've never seen it done at this level by, by like it, it is anyone. Like, it's such a presentational artistic accomplishment of a game. You see where all this crunch went, I guess. I mean, uh, yeah. whether that actually helped or not, but like it is one of the most astounding cities I've ever seen in a video game. Um, yeah. it, it feels just- so much more. Yeah. I was so stunned how, like, when you look up, it just, like, the skyscrapers just keep going and going and going. It's like this, <laughs> right. it really has this oppressive feel to it. Um, and that was, I don't know, I feel like they, 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 they nailed that. And I hadn't really feel like I've seen that in, in a game. Um, and just, like, the scope of the game. Like, like I, when I was playing it, I did the first mission, and I, all that stuff was fun and cool, like, it feels very nice. But when you get to the actual world, and you, like, get in a car and start driving just wherever you want to go, and you just kind of get that feel of, like, oh, this is... This is a much bigger than initially appears. Mm-hmm. That that moment, I was like, ah, I could see. I could spend hours playing this game now. I, I got you know, and the city's so every little spot feels so built. Um, mm-hmm. I always like, my, my, I always want to like bring back. I hate like bashing on Odyssey, but I feel like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Everything feels so like it could have been randomly generated. Like they could have, or they could have just put down like a bunch of bases and like. I don't know if I agree with that. I see what you're saying. The like it, they reuse assets, but like I felt Odyssey like there was a ton of feel- history. So, um, Hugo Martin, when describing mm-hmm. Doom games, he said that we want it to feel like a, I think he's a Ferrari, he always uses car analogies. He said they want it to feel mm-hmm. like a, like a Ferrari, like, like you, you look inside the car, the seat, everything's stitched by a person, like, like a master craft person, right? Like every, I felt right. like this game had that too. Like it felt like everything I was looking at and everything I was doing, someone spent a lot of time to make this thing this way. That's a great analogy. I would say the only world that comes to, to the same level is, is Red Dead 2. Yeah, Rockstar. Um, I, I would Definitely. agree that Odyssey doesn't. Odyssey, you can see the seams much more. But I still personally felt Odyssey feels the, like I'm in like a theme yeah. park visiting something. And yeah. this feels like a place that people could actually live. And that's how I felt about Red Dead 2 as well. Yeah, no, I would agree. Another thing worth noting is that, like, I was complaining about this in the past. Like, 
open world city games tend to be these like grids with boxes and you're just kind of walking down these hallways with mm-hmm. non-interactable buildings. This game is so vertical and has so much spiraling sort of like weird tendrils that go in different directions. You can walk into these buildings, just go up floor after floor after floor after floor and look off and then find some vista on somebody's, you know, uh, the deck. Like there's just so much verticality and sprawl in different directions, not just out. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a really dense city in a way that I don't think any other open world city game has before. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I also want to mention, like I was I, got, I was playing it and I got into a gunfight and the, the, the combat is... I would say actually pretty good for what it is. Cause you know, I, I think the thing that I always criticize looter shooters for is like, besides the fact that the grind is annoying and stuff is that like, to me, when you RPG FPS combat, it makes the game feel not very good because the like, enemies yeah. take too many shots. Like there's, you have to do skills to do stuff. Like, it just doesn't feel like playing something where enemy drops quickly. There's something about that feedback and style of an FPS game to me that I think is essential that is lost when you are when you RPG a shooter. But I felt like this game it does have some spongy enemies, but the uh it still felt pretty good. Like I still felt like the combat like when I shotgunned a guy he fell over. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, like there's some feedback between me and the enemy when I'm interacting with them even though they oh, my gun sucks and they're taking a lot of damage." Right. I also just wanted to mention like the pistol, like when I was just shooting it, like the way that it animated and like the way that when he reloaded the view model and everything on it was just like, I feel like I've never seen fidelity on a gun or anything mm. like like that, that level. It was just like the level of, of some, they have, obviously they have some amazing animator who just did the animations for the guns because they just look in, like, they look insanely good. Yeah. And I'm playing at like crappy, my PC cannot handle this game at all. <laughs> I'm one of those people. Yeah. Who's totally uh, in the, in the ditches on that. Even better than the the gunfighting is the melee combat, um, mm, really? which I didn't love at first when I did the boxing tutorial in the beginning of the game. I was kind of like, I actually okay, like the this. boxing. It, it the boxing is pretty decent, but like when you get a sword, a katana in that game, <laughs> and you you're sneaking. So this is when this game really clicked for me. Last night I'm playing. I'm in the middle of just a a, a random side mission, like a, a no big deal mission. Um, and I sneak into this building and I like hack into their systems and tag all the people in the place and start going through and choking them out. Right. And I really don't want to play it like this game. The moment to moment gameplay can be very similar to like a dishonored kind of light or, you know, um, uh, you know, good, good stealth games, Deus Ex, right. The new Deus Ex games, like not quite the same level of depth, but pretty close. So I'm sneaking through this house. Uh, where they have like the, you know, it, it, it's very reminiscent of stuff you might have seen in movies. There's like a guy on the couch who's like passed out with his little 3D goggles on or whatever. You know, he's like he's drugged out on a on a brain dance. Um, and then downstairs they're like hacking up bodies and stuff. So mm. I, I, I'm ch- I'm choking people out and doing the usual thing and stuffing them into refrigerators. And then a guy sees me and I really don't want to save scum in this game. I want to like live with my consequences. So he charges at me and I pull out my fucking katana and just chop his head off. And it just rolls down the stairs. And then the dudes downstairs see the head and they start screaming and yelling at me. And they all charge at me. And I just get in this crazy melee and just fuck up everybody in the building with my sword. (laughs) And then like collect all the loot, finish the mission. And I was like, oh, that was that was amazing. Nice. That's That's really awesome. awesome. See, like that kind of stuff to me, I feel like is really put this game past anything else that CD Projekt has made. Because like that couldn't happen in The Witcher, right? The Witcher, you could do a combat economy. Or GTA 5. Or GTA Five, right? It it does it. It's the scope of this game. I feel like I haven't seen before, like in a game. I, it really feels next gen in that regard. Like, you know, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I'll play. I'm gonna play some Devil's Advocate in some sense because please do, please do. Yeah, as I because you're right. I I am 
just watching the game, I think the gameplay is really just looks really fun. Like the combat encounters feel really fun. But um, the quests that I've seen of the game so far haven't quite lived up to my expectations of CD Projekt Red. Um, mm. they, they typically unfold exactly how I think they're going to unfold. Like the one, again, I only got like a three to four hour snippet of it, but watch it. Wa- I, I probably watched about four or five uh, missions, like a couple side missions and a few main missions. And, and they kind of, un- they all kind of felt like they unfolded the same way. It could be the, just the way my roommate was playing the game, but um, it's just this feeling of you're, you're trailing something or you're following somebody and then violence happens or or a shootout happens and then there and then it ends in some sort of dialogue exchange or vice versa like and usually plot wise it never really unfolds in a way that seems interesting i think but that again that's uh, did you get that sense do sometimes the quests just kind of become unfold predictably i no i don't just dis- i completely disagree um i i think and you know i i I have to play more to really like say for sure, but it yeah, does answer, seem like you can really do these quests a lot of way. Now you can always do them the predictable way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the side quests I think maybe are less narratively structured than what you might be used to from the Witcher. So that's probably true. Mm-hmm. However, I think that they're fairly mechanically rich and I actually found myself spending an entire hour on a side quest, you know, breaking into a building, hacking all the shit, um, slowly sneaking through and stealing all the stuff from these people to get to this laptop. And, um, like, and it felt like playing Hitman or, you know, like, like Metal Gear or something like, like not quite that level of depth, but pretty similar. And it felt like I was able to do a lot of things. And then as I completed the mission, I noticed, Oh, I could have just climbed up the side of this building and jumped over this shit. And there, there was other ways I could have done it. Um, mm. as for the story missions, there's definitely a pretty, clear divide i think that the side missions are more mechanically dense and narratively sparse whereas the story missions are obviously far more narratively heavy and maybe not as open-ended uh Mm. however like i normally don't like really more scripted type missions these were Mm. great like everyone that i played so far i thought was was excellent had really good writing really good like beginning like middle is it like just good storytelling basically um, and, and like, even the, like the, you know, the, the get out of the window of the back of the car and start shooting the on rail segments were good because they only last like 30 seconds to like a minute instead of like, you think of, uh, call, call of duty. duty game. They got like 20 right. minutes shooting their shit. Yeah. Like it just happens really quick and then it's over. So it's kind of like a fun, quick moment and then it's done. Um, I thought that they're like, particularly the first big mission was excellent. Mm. Like I really liked it and I thought it was really well written and I thought it had a very good dramatic payoff. Nice, cool. So, yeah, I gotta play. I gotta play more. Um, but yeah, it's looking. It's looking good. I'm excited. It's one of those games where I just kind of want to commit to it and just dive in. But it, it's good to hear that your impressions are so positive. It's it kind of sucks for me because uh, there there are like three or four podcasts I go between when I listen to my game impression stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, two of those are the Giant Bomb cast and the Giant Beast cast. And it's right. pretty much overwhelmingly just like this is a lukewarm experience <laughs> between uh, the those two podcasts. So I feel like those good. guys are about that with a lot of games. Though. I know. Like, I, I love <laughs> yeah. those podcasts, but I feel like they're lukewarm about almost everything. 
except for like Hades. Like they they're lukewarm mm. about everything except Hades. So so I feel like they've kind of poisoned my impressions of the game, and I kind of want to mm-hmm. get away from it and then just play it on my own accord and form my yeah. own opinion. So yeah. So okay, let's let's get out of talking about the the game impressions. So those of you that, that clicked on the timestamp, welcome back. Uh, let's let's talk about the game and and like all the, the the shit surrounding the game. I'm playing the game on PC, and I have a fairly you know I kind of built this PC this year with the hopes of being able to play Doom Eternal and Cyberpunk at, at, at high settings, and and thankfully barely I can achieve that. But like not a lot of people are going to be able to play this game like that. Um, yeah, and. I don't know. Like, like if if you play this game on PS4 base, PS4 or Xbox One, it's it's. I would say don't even consider that an option. Like, it's it's such yeah. a a poor product, which is which is a bummer. I don't know. What do you, do you, I feel like you have some thoughts about this, Oren. Yeah, my my thoughts are mainly um, for one going into this i kind of assumed this was just going to be a pc game like you play this game on the pc but my concern right now is that it was advertised as this last gen product for ps4 Mm -hmm. and xbox one and i was just kind of browsing twitter today and there are a couple of film people i follow on twitter who aren't into the game sphere but they're interested in cyberpunk because the game has so much hype around it and Mm -hmm. all of them were complaining or two two of them that I'm sorry, not all of them, just the two that in particular that I were, I was following were complaining on Twitter about like, how do you refund this on the PlayStation store? This game's broken. Mm -hmm. And it it made me realize, like I I looked at the Metacritic, it's being review bombed on the PS4 and Xbox one section. So on the one hand, yeah, you can blame the consumer for saying like, Oh, you should have known that this is a PC product mainly. But, mm-hmm. but also, CD Projekt Red heavily advertised this as a PS4 and Xbox One game. So I think it is ethically pretty misleading that they did this. But uh, I don't know what you think, Kevin. I, <laughs> it sucks. I think it's, I think it's, a, it's a damn shame. Um, it, it looks pretty rough from videos I've seen. The thing that I think we should all remember is that, uh, as Aaron was talking about, uh, you know, when GTA 4 launched on the Xbox 360, it got down to 17, 16 <laughs> FPS. Like this is a not yeah. this is oh, not yeah, a new yeah. experience. Yeah. Playing an open world game where you get in a car and say the frame rate just tanks is a very something we've all been familiar with. I think what really happened is our expectations have become very high because of last gen, eighth right. gen good, game, yeah. eighth gen games were all locked thirty. Like they've been pretty or better, yeah. good about they, or better, yeah. I mean, they've been open world games specifically though have been mm-hmm. pretty consistent on consoles. So I think that our expectations have gotten to a level and now we have this new cross-gen game that you know we all are excited about and there's been all this marketing and then it comes out and it doesn't run how how we're used to i think people are freaking out you know i mean it's i feel like uh social media wasn't really a big as big of a thing back when gta 5 or gta 5 as well gta 5 runs like shice i i I played (laughs) it at my friend's house when I was, I don't know how old, but I did not, I was like, I'm not playing this on Xbox. I'm going to wait for a PC version. Even if they don't announce, I'm not going to play this game. I, this, this, this frame rate is terrible. So right. like, they came ran at like 25 FPS the whole game. Like they never ran better than that. On 360 and On 360 PS3. and PS3. Yeah, yeah. No, it, but it was really good on. So I'm just saying like, I feel conference. like this, this, 
this product we're getting isn't actually surprising for a game of this scope. Like, this is not something that's new. Right. But I think it sucks. Like, it's definitely a bummer. Um, I'm not surprised, though, having played the game and seen it. Like, I'm, I'm willing to bet you streaming the assets off those slow-ass 5,400 drives that are both right. in the Xbox One and the PS4 is probably part of it. Because, I mean, there's a lot of data in this game. That, and it's probably also just the overall graphics and fidelity. Uh, it's but, just not you know. surprising, yeah, given the scope of the game, yeah. that it doesn't run well on those consoles. It is a bummer, because there's no question that it has been marketed. I think you can go back and watch trailers from two or three years ago, and it says PC, you know, Xbox One, and PS4. I... I, it's it's I don't know I'm like I, I like I have kind of mixed feelings about it. I think the marketing CD Projekt Red is definitely culpable for marketing that it that way and and kind of hiding it like like not allowing the reviews to come out till the day the game is released for those consoles so right. that people wouldn't know what a bad state it was in um, yeah I also think to some extent like consumers need to be people need to not buy into the hype so much like I don't want to blame anybody if you bought this game and you didn't know that it was going to be good and it turned out like shit and you're really unhappy with it that sucks and that's and that's that's CD Projekt Red's fault like without question um yeah. I do think that like there's the way the way that we have hype and stuff around these things needs to change I don't really know how that's going to happen I don't have any answers here but like the like the way that people thought about this game was kind of ridiculous, which is part of maybe why I'm able to enjoy it. Cause I, I, I had like, I, I really wanted to play it, but I also was like, there's no way this game's going to be, you know, fucking everything that everybody wants it to be. Right. Yeah. But it's also, it is worth noting as Kevin pointed out, like games released like this regularly. Like you look at red dead two on PS three, which is how I, or not red dead two, red dead one. Um, the original red dead uh, on PS3 was was just garbage. It, like compared to the Xbox 360 version, like I had a PS3 and played most of my console games on PS3, and the PS3 exclusives were great, but all the cross-platform games were just total shit. And it was like mm-hmm. just a thing that happened all the time. And I do think that expectations have been you know raised up so high after having such a good console generation. Um, so it sucks. Like I, I I'm glad that CD Projekt Red made the game that they wanted to make. And clearly they targeted next-gen hardware and PC rather than current-gen hardware. But, like, I don't really know what they do. I, I wish they'd been more honest about it. But, like, they can't really cancel the game on Xbox One and PS4. Right? Are they a public company? Uh-huh. They, they are, right? Yeah, they are. So they can't they can't come out with marketing that says, oh, this version is going to be compromised. Like, they have right. shareholders they have to keep happy. So, like, they can't, right. you know, like, they're kind of, their hands are tied on that. Like, you know? Right. They got like government grants for this game. Like they, this, this game's funding just everything about this game. Is, the Polish this game, government, not we. Yeah, not the Polish US government, government gave them grants yeah. for the okay. game. Like they got like you said tax, government like, grants. They got, well, what, is, what, yeah, what, yeah. what do you mean? Just people the US are government? Trump's giving them money. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean Poland. I definitely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a funny thought, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, don't. I don't know how I feel about this whole thing because it's just. Um, yeah. I think I think if if I had it my way, I would say they just should not have released it on current gen consoles. Because with yeah. with GTA Four, for example, that was just a thing where they just needed to patch the game and make it run better. This is this mm. is a game where I really feel like they were doing a next gen game, and then they were trying to retrofit it into last gen consoles, and it just wasn't. It just, it just didn't work that way at yeah. all. And that's how I felt about Control as well from last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Con- Control's another Definitely. game that I played on a base PS4, and I was like, 
this is garbage. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so. definitely worth remembering too. Like cross gen games are often rough on the older console. Like that's a Assassin's Creed games have that same issue. That's that's definitely MGS five. MGS five, yep. Alien right. isolation. It's very um, similar. I problems. think if this game didn't have the PR it had, it probably wouldn't have gone over as badly. Right. As it, as it has and it is. Right. Um, like for me personally, like right, like I can't get a new graphics card. I, I want to, but I can't. Yeah. My graphics card does not offer the technology for me to play this game at a reasonable. Yeah, it's worth noting it doesn't run rate. well even on high end PCs. Like, uh, so, like, like, yeah. That's a. <laughs> I have a high end graphics card from 2017, and I cannot play this game. Like, I, I cannot run it even on like lower. Well, you can run just, it, but you it, you doesn't not to a level not, of your satisfactory not to my, performance. My yeah. satisfactory. I mean, okay, it doesn't Let's run like honest. a PS4. You can run the game or yeah. Xbox. It's not that bad, but it's not to to the level that I want. I need a certain amount of fidelity and, and frame rate, and it, I can't get that. So, but like in the same regard, like someone who's playing on PS4, like well, I can just play it on PS5. Yeah, they can't get a PS5. They're not they're not attainable right now. So like it's definitely right. Right. currently in this in this world, like it is a problem, and that's the, I feel you there. I'm I'm in the same boat. Yeah, one thing I would say to people who are like, hey, I really want to play this game, but I only have a PS4 or an Xbox. Wait. Yeah. the game's still going to be there in two years it's going to be better in two years there's going to be a killer dlc that comes out that's probably going to be better than the base game right just wait there's so many games that i guarantee anybody who's thinking that thought hasn't played that they should play kevin's going back and playing uh, uh, uh what's the game horizon, horizon zero, zero dawn. dawn yeah my favorite game fun. i love that game right I actually kevin's enjoying that game. <laughs> so like like there's lots of games to play you don't need to feel the fomo that this is kind of thing like this this fomo that people feel like oh my god if i don't play cyberpunk the day it comes out with every feature turned on i'm, I'm not yeah. living my life like it's true take a deep breath it's gonna be okay it's, it's a bummer because it's part of like the zeitgeist it's like watching it game of thrones and everyone else is watching it you know it's the thing that you can all talk about you can share your experiences you can have a talk you know so that you're missing out on that and that's like you feel like you're getting left behind like i understand the feeling and i'm currently experiencing it myself but like it's yeah. true you can wait. The game will be better in in six months. So they have more content, be more patched. There won't be the, some of the funny bugs that are happening right now, which is hilarious. You'll be able to get a new graphics card or a PS Five or right. whatever. Yeah. Um. And 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 then the version that like so currently, in case you're wondering, it 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 runs better and looks better. It runs at sixty frames per second on next gen consoles, but it, with with the settings of the previous gen consoles, so it's. It's decent. Uh, it's a pretty good experience from what I hear. But they're going to get a patch where they're going to get ray tracing, all this stuff. Let me talk about ray tracing for a second. Ray tracing in that game, um, I don't play with it on because it's just too performance intensive. But I do turn it on and walk around the city sometimes. And like, if you don't have the ability to see the ray tracing, like you're not missing out in a huge way because everything that the ray tracing does, there are other rasterized effects that do the same thing. But with the ray tracing on, uh, it is very it, it, like there's just like a level of realism and sort of coherence the way that all the different assets kind of like come together that's kind of hard to explain that like really is pretty stunning um but it's one of those things like it's noticeable when you're walking around and just taking in the world if somebody turned it off i was telling kevin this yesterday if someone turned it off in the middle of a gunfight i don't even think i would notice because it's sure. not that it's not like whoa ray tracing is on it's a totally new game it's subtle but very effective uh yeah. Yeah, mm. my my roommate's playing it with ray tracing on. It looks nice. Uh, I mean, I I have no problem with how the game looks. It, it looks beautiful. It, it is kind of interesting watching him play because he's playing on a very high end PC that he built uh, this year, and 
even watching him play it on a high-end PC, I just notice little bugs that just keep happening. And mm. they're not game-crashing, game-breaking bugs, but you'll just see, you'll just see, for example, a character that you're supposed to talk to and you try he he'll try to talk to that npc to trigger the side quest and it will take him like 10 seconds for it to finally register or you'll just Mm. see you'll just see a random npc walking on air all of a sudden so even on the highest end pc pcs it kind of has a little bit of jank unfortunately What, what my favorite bug i've seen so far is uh this guy, he stands on the corner of this turn. All these cars are driving around the turn. And they keep crashing into the barrier on the turn as they drive <laughs> I by. I saw that. And they all they all play. They all play. Yeah, you saw. They all play the like player crash into them reaction sounds. They're all like you asshole, and like they, they're all every <laughs> single NPC who drives through it crashes into the wall. So it's like you jerk. Ugh, like they all get oh, pissed, and like awesome. there's all these car accumulation parts in that spot. It's really good. It's a, it's a good. Something about NPCs doing wacky things is like one of my favorite video game bugs. Like when NPCs just do hilarious things, it's like the best because it just feels like there's something wrong with the world. Like just, yeah. everything is wrong. Yeah, I did <laughs> yeah. have one hilarious bug during a during like a rather intense story moment. We're in a car, and like we just like plowed through like three people crossing the, <laughs> the sidewalk. <laughs> And like my the characters in the scene didn't acknowledge it at all, but they were like, ah! <laughs> like a lot of like freak out. And like I was like, oh, that was hilarious. We just did a hit and run. <laughs> like and like clearly killed them because we drove right over them. Uh, and they screamed, but like we were fine. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't really ruin it for me. Like it actually kind of made me laugh. Um but I haven't seen too many bugs. But those those bugs. kind of bugs are the best in games with heavy systems because the systems when they don't all play out perfectly, it's like the it's the best, right? Yeah. That's, that's that's the funniest stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're gonna come back and talk a little bit about crunch and stuff at the end, and and more a little so a little more cyberpunk talk in terms of uh, business practices and stuff. But let's talk about Proteus. Mm. Kevin, Proteus. that game looks yes. cool. Yeah. You know, so you know how I found out about that game. I've been playing through this Doom expansion someone made, player made. Uh, it's actually like a really a full game. It's called Eve Eternity. Um, and one of the mappers on it, I was just looking like, so Eve Eternity is, is, is really awesome. I'm, I love it. It's like really well made, blah, blah, um, It's so good it's that I, Doom like, I, I never play Doom custom wads and really play them through. I try them like, oh, this is cool, but I never stick with them. This feels like at the level of an actual new game. And like I, I think about it, going to play it every day which i've never had with a custom doom map so the, the guys in making this is making doom maps for 10 years so think about it he's been making doom maps longer than the developers at id who made the game had been making maps for doom so mm-hmm. he's definitely been doing it for, he's skilled um uh so i looked i what else he had worked on if he would play many games because i feel like like i said this the level of this the quality of this was actually like it like got a retail product quality and he had he had worked on a game called proteus which i had seen steam recommend me try about a week before and i looked at when i first saw the trailer for proteus i was thinking like this looks like brutal doom or something cheesy and i didn't try it which was a mistake i judged a book by its cover and it was i was wrong um so i ended up i ended up buying it and trying it and i was like aaron you have to play this game like i, I messaged you with them playing it for like after an hour i'm like aaron yeah, get this game. you like, did oh, just try it it's so uh, i bought it's it basically it's it's like a modern doom when i say doom i don't mean modern doom like doom 2016 i mean like classic doom like it's and it's very analogous to classic doom gameplay um it's got some of its own twists but i'd say very much rooted in that formula and that style and that that build but it does it beautifully like it does it at, at like 
what feels almost like I don't want to say triple A. It's not that level, but like it, it's it's very polished feeling. It feels very refined. Like the, the, everything about it feels really good. What, what, what do you think, Aaron? Worth noting, it's an early access. Uh, I is. think that we've had a lot of conversations about whether or not or how polarizing Doom Eternal is and how oh, yeah. Doom Eternal is a game where it's a, a lot of stress and you constantly have to think and you constantly have to manage shit. And Doom 2016 is a game where you just kind of run around with big guns and kill shit and blow shit up. And it's 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 relaxing to an extent and it's just kind of like a chill and fuck shit up game. Like this is, this feels like what people wanted from Doom 2016 um, yeah. from a sequel. When I was playing this game, I my thought was, you know what, fuck Doom Eternal. This is this is the Doom Eternal I wanted. <laughs> That's what Ben Pack said from Giant Bomb about the game. He's like, I'm gonna play more of this. I'm not gonna play more Doom Eternal. Uh, dude, that's, that's funny. funny. They had the same. That's weird. They had the same thought. Uh, yeah. I don't even know who Ben Pack is, but props, dude. We we agree. <laughs> uh, I, I I Doom Eternal for me is a, a love it and hate it experience. Like I I it's it's very well made. It does what it it does the Doom Eternal thing well, but I don't like that direction. So like. But this game, like I said, really is like what I wanted Doom Eternal to be, and it feels like it's at that level. It does, it does kind of play a little bit like 16, right? It has the yeah, big. I think it's a lot like Doom 2016. Stuff. Like it it's clearly, I'd say it's it splits the difference between Doom 2016 and Doom 2, uh, with 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 a good amount of Quake thrown in there. Mm. Um, did they like it on Giant Bomb? Did they loved it. All guys? Yeah, so they, they all really loved liked it. it. Yeah. The, so the two the, the, the two main developers of this game, other than the guy Dragonfly, who I was talking about for Eve Eternity. Uh, they worked on at Raven. I think they made some of the new COD games. So like these guys have been making. They worked in AAA. They're at they're, they're at that level. They're AAA developers. You know they're at that level of skill and ability. So it's not surprising that the game ha- it feels very polished and. It feels great. It looks great. It has a retro look, but it doesn't use a retro engine, and it like has a lot of modern features that are really well implemented into the retro look, like modern lighting, particle effects. Mm-hmm. So like it looks good like it has good graphics but it also looks retro but not in the way that something like dusk or uh wrath or some of these games that literally look just like an old game look like it looks like a modern game a modern take on that style i it has a it has 3d like sprites like normally in doom or those old sprite based games the enemies you look at a sprite and it just rotates with you as you turn around because it's a 2d image right this game actually Mm. has like different a bunch of sprites for every angle which i thought was really cool when i first saw it like it's like modern and retro it's basically what you're saying um I also want to mention that I love Dusk and I also like Wrath and I think this game is better than both. Like I really like oh, Dusk. I damn. thought was the best. Like my favorite game of 2018 was Dusk, but I think oh this game is better. Like I Dusk got, is I awesome. Play it's this not, now. Yeah, it's, it's not a knock against. Orin, you're gonna like this game a lot. So it's in early access right now, and you can think of it sort of like the Doom Share, where you get like 10 levels or something. Uh, so the rest of the game. So like I think what you're getting is pretty close to the final experience, but you're just getting the first you know quarter of the game or something like that. Mm. Um, it it's good it's really really good the shooting feels amazing mm-hmm. the amount of blood that that explodes mm-hmm. out of the enemies is just absurd reminds me of this this doom or this patch i had for medal of honor allied assault that like made it was a blood patch because i didn't have any blood that just like coated the walls with like red and that's what happens to this game your gun is just constantly dripping the screen is just dripping <laughs> with blood it's just everywhere mm-hmm. um and it makes the gunfights and the gunfire just feel so impactful and like yep. like hits just register with such good feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the weapons, uh, I really want to make sure I mention this because I feel like this is such an important thing for me. All the weapons have, or most of them have an alternate fire, but the alternate fire is balanced. It's not like you only use the ultimate, the alternate fire like in a certain 
or two even Doom games, unfortunately, they're balanced. Like, they both have their use. Like, the shotgun main fire is a spread buckshot, and the right click is, like, a t- tuned-in, like, fire bullet. That's, like, a long-range shot. So, like, I really love that. I think that's awesome. And I, I could not criticize more the way that Eternal makes you have to use the alternate fires on every gun constantly. It's like, <laughs> it bothers me so much. I hate that. Those almost are the main fire, like, for some of those guns. It's I, lame. I would agree with it's, that. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Um. I I still love Doom Eternal, but um. I will say I went back to that DLC and I'm a little less enthusiastic on it than I was before. But I still think the main game is great, and they dropped the uh, super gore nest uh, master level, so that's cool. Check that, that out. No, that's cool. But Proteus uh, is good. Yeah, I re- I really want to play Proteus because I I think I'm starting to realize that I think part of the reason why I loved Hades for example, so much this year and why it's probably my game of the year is because it just does one thing really well and just expands on it. And I've played so many games this year that have tried to do too many things, but none of them feel particularly well. And that's part of the reason why I'm kind of not feeling the urge to play so much cyberpunk because it just kind of feels like it's trying to do so many things, but Mm. not one thing extremely well like Hades does. And that's kind of what Proteus seems like it's going for. It's just trying to do that one gameplay loop, that classic mm-hmm. Doom gameplay loop really well. So maybe I'll dive into that one instead of uh, Cyberpunk. Yeah, and it'll run on anything, or at least any computer. Uh, I think it's coming to consoles soon, but not not until I think the proper release, which is going to be, I think, late next year. So it's, it's about a year out from the full release. So you could wait, or you could play it now. I think it's it really scratches the itch that Doom 2016 might have left in a lot of people. Mm. Yep. Nice. Definitely agree with that. Uh, what what are we on to now? I, I guess I'll, I'll I'll give two minutes of of uh, what the hell's that game called? Uh, I was gonna Watch mention, Dogs uh, Legion. Okay, go for it. <laughs> I keep give trying to play dogs. that game, and like, there's something really wrong with the controls. Like, it's not that they're like unresponsive or bad, but they're like mapped fucked up. So I'm like constantly running around with my gun pulled out accidentally, and I don't know how to put it back. And then like I'm like crouching and I don't know how to uncrouch and the controls are just really driving me nuts. It's telling that I've played about three hours of that game in a month and 20 hours of cyberpunk in four days. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Which game you like better. Um, And I hate to drag on that game because I do think that there's some cool stuff. The games do some very similar things, but like, uh, I don't know. I might try to go back. Tell me this cyberpunk out. Does you, you know, I forgot an open world games, an important thing that Aaron bring talks about a lot. We've mentioned, we've definitely had conversations about this. Uh, I've been playing horizon and the her world in horizon feels threatening. Like I don't feel like I own the world. It feels dangerous. And mm-hmm. I love that. I have like, after playing so much Assassin's Creed recently, I forgot what it's like to have a world that feels threatening and mysterious. Um, does, does that game have that at all? Or do you feel like you just destroy everything? Cause it's a Ubisoft game. I feel like you probably just destroy everything. Mm, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm fighting with the control so much that it's, uh, it's not, it's not that hard of a game, I guess. Okay. Really, there is permadeath, so there's it's threatening in that sense. Like there are okay. some things that that game's doing that are pretty cool, and there's some ways in which that game might or might not be slightly deeper than Cyberpunk in some ways. Like, like they're doing very, like they're very similar games actually. But Cyberpunk's world is probably a hundred times more well designed. Like, yeah. like Watch Dogs Legion really feels like a lot of boxes and empty hallways with cars moving down them. I really think Ubisoft worlds look awesome, but they don't have a lot of substance. It doesn't even look that good. The graphics are not that good in that game. Like it's weird. Like Mm. it's particularly side by side with cyberpunk. They run about the same cyberpunk looks a generation better than that game. Yeah. 
Yeah. That sounds right. I can I can I can believe that. So. Uh, yeah, I think with Ubisoft games in general, you've played one, you've kind of played them all. That's kind of how I feel, especially like, last gen. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I really I loved play- Odyssey, man. I really loved Odyssey. We'll talk like more about too. that in a little bit, but um, yeah, but just like the fu- oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Oh sure, yeah, like the the Far Cry the Far Cry games. Just I played three, four, and five, mm-hmm. and Blood Dragon and. I tried playing the new Dawn one, but I got bored of it. And I feel like I just played the same game five times, honestly. <laughs> so mm. they're, <laughs> they're very they're fun. They're fun. You know what's yeah. funny? It, in Horizon has uh, the bases like like uh, Far Cry, and I love those. That's like my favorite mm. thing about Far Cry added to like open world gaming. It's like the right. bases full of enemies, and you have to kill them all. Right. Sure, uh, that sure. Is so We're fun. not that game. That game is like half Far. It's like a third person shooter. Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm. It's like not a melee action game. Like it's different, you know. It's like an mm. open world shooter game. You have a bow. Yeah. Uh, and it's been fun. I'm playing that. I'm like, I keep thinking how it's like. It's like a Ubisoft game, but it's not at the same time. Right. Yeah, I don't know. It. it <laughs> but all of those games, that game and Assassin's Creed, and everything, always have like these. You talk to these people, and like the way that they look and animate, they look like dolls. They're kind of <laughs> right, like like your main right. character, especially in that game. Your main character is like super high fidelity. Like she looks like ridiculously like high detail and she talks to this person who's like standing here stiff and like our village yeah, is on mr potato fire. head <laughs> dude they look so weird especially the pc version because it has some like bugs so they look even more like monstrous it's like who are the robots here you guys are the ones roaming the wilds like they look they, they look like weird android and cali valley people it's mm. it makes me laugh it's pretty funny you know yeah that's playing. That, that's also what? like uh oh i'm sorry go ahead i keep interrupting <laughs> it's all good <laughs> i've been playing uh still been playing yakuza like a dragon i'm now 86 hours into that game whoa 86 hours and i haven't beaten it yet so that's some that's some serious yakuza right did you say 81 hours 86 hours, yeah. I've not that's, beaten it, and I and I crazy. loved I've loved every minute of it so far. Like it's I I I uh, I sent a text to my friends. I was like, I think this might like th- this game might be one of the greatest JRPGs of all time. And my friend thought it was someone else, and he was like telling him like, dude, can you believe that he said that? And I was like, dude, that was me, asshole. Which I thought was pause. Which I thought was uh yeah, it was good. Um, he had to kind of slowly back out of that one. But uh, <laughs> um, so I do funny. think I really I stand by those words. I really do think like it's up there with Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VII for me. Like I, I think mm-hmm. it's at that level. Um, uh, one thing I really want to mention with this game, if you ever decide to play it, is that uh, all the old Yakuza games were action-y combat games with hitbox-based stuff. This game is a JRPG built on top of that. So like when you swing, when you when your character is like an attack, it still has that like weighty hitbox look and animation and hit. So it, it like the combat has more impact than I've ever seen. I got so used to playing it that when I went and played like another JRPG, Dragon Quest, it was like, oh my god, this is this is not the same. Like in, in, in Yakuza, when you get a hit hard enough, like enemy ragdolls off screen, like they'll like ragdoll like into stuff, and then you get like hit by cars and stuff in the street. Like I don't know, it's just it's really I really like that uh that impact weightness of of this game's combat and stuff. It's been it's been fun. It's also like the writing is hilarious. It's hard to like. You can tell someone about Yakuza, but like if you haven't seen it and played it, it's really doesn't sound remarkable. You have to like it's kind of one of those things you have to really experience. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, oh yeah, like I remember uh, playing Yakuza Zero. Uh, yeah. I, I I played like 
three Yakuza games from beginning to end. And I just remember in Yakuza Zero, like I would just be, I would have this really intense conversation with another gang lord or Yakuza lord about how he's going to murder me if he doesn't do this thing for him. And then I would walk out of that mission and then I would see a dude who's basically just in his underwear underwear, and he'll just come up to me and be like, oh, I am the um, like the masturbation man. Like, yeah. that's my thing. I have a side quest for you. And I'll be like, what? It's, a, yeah. <laughs> it's like, can you can you uh, collect call girl cards for me? I'm like, what? Yeah. So, so like, I totally feel that feel that <laughs> completely. It definitely, it's it's hard. Like you can tell something about that, but then when you see how they present it in Yakuza and like the way that their characters look and stuff, it's just it makes it so much more. It's so much funnier. It's just uh, yeah. The, it, 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 <laughs> it's so the ridiculous. Are, they're so they're so funny. So it definitely I feel like it's a little hard to like convey this game in, in like a in a good light in a, in a podcast. But um, I think if you want to play a JRPG, like I totally recommend like a dragon. Like it has a ton of heart and like character too. Like it's very serious. It has a lot of like really the writing. I think is really good. This, I really like the characters and all that stuff. Um, it my only critique is it's like very heavily gated. It starts off really slowly. Mm. Like, sure. It takes a long time to get to the meat of the game in a, in a very traditional JRPG kind of way, which is a bit of a bummer. But eighty six hours. I mean. That's, That's awesome. insane. How I did you even find that much time? I haven't beat it yet. I think I'm like on the second to last chapter. So okay. Also, we're in a pandemic. What, what, what else is there to do? You know, might as well play games. <laughs> this guy's typing on our podcast. What kind of freak well, eating podcast I'm, is I this? I had to add Yakuza like a dragon <laughs> to the games list, to the list of <laughs> no. uh, podcast notes. I see. It's probably it's got good. this loud, clacky mechanical keyboard. Yeah, what um, kind of keyboard is that? It's, Did you uh, build that? I didn't build it, but it's this guy. Oh. It's got RGB, but I, I unplugged it, so it's turned off. <laughs> Our listeners can't see it, but he just showed us this, pod, or this, this keyboard, and it's very... It's curved and fancy looking. Oh, I was gonna. Nice. Say, I was gonna say the opposite. It looks pretty unremarkable, and I don't know why he spent the energy to show it to us. So, <laughs> wow, what a hater! <laughs> Shot, <laughs> shots yeah. fired. What a hater! <laughs> Uh, all right. So the Game Awards happened. Um, game Awards. Perfect Dark. They're making a Perfect Dark game. Okay. It's going to be I'm the biggest at... budget game ever made. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm pretty you know right? what they Is said? that what you said? Main... So they said that the, it's a... That, that, well, here's what they said. Four the developer... Tri- four is right. Force. Quadruple A. Quadruple A developer, which means that they're a... According to them, or according to this website, who was you know, reporting on it, said that, that, that the scope of money and finance is bigger than any blockbuster kind of thing we currently see now who knows what that means it could be marketing eh, whatever right that could but, be marketing i think the cool the cool pitch that the team had was that they said that we, with this game we really want to capture what it means to be a secret agent like we're trying to really go in 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 depth to that and i was thinking like what is the closest game to being a secret agent like maybe hitman i mean you're more of hitman, an assassin yeah. in, in, in that game but it kind of has the same it's very trappings of a secret, secret agent, agent. you like yeah. take credentials and sneak into places and a talent, you, you go to cocktail you parties, you go to the bar. But you, you he know, doesn't have a lot of kind of crazy gadgets. He has a couple, but Hitman? nothing like... Have you played that game? They're exploding <laughs> rubber duckies. Yeah, but there's not like... he. I mean, he does, but he doesn't have like laptop guns. Like it's perfect dark and... and he has a laptop that homes. He doesn't yeah, have... Yeah, it's a briefcase <laughs> that It's a briefcase. Yeah. That's yeah. a bug, but that's that's, that's right. an amazing briefcase. one. So but he doesn't good. have like a car where that goes underwater and stuff. Like perfect dark could really go into that kind of crazy... Car that goes wacky. underwater? Yes, James Bond has a has an underwater like Lexus that like swims. Oh. 
So, you know? okay, well, that's interesting because then we'll have the new the new IO Interactive developed James Bond game competing with Perfect Dark. Hopefully Perfect Dark is yeah. fucking awesome, but it's a first person game, which might, hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's it's funny though that uh, all, that uh, Microsoft owns Perfect Dark, Doom, Halo, Gears. They own like some like the biggest shooter franchises of all time, like all under Microsoft now. Mm-hmm. Fallout. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, also, we were playing Left 4 Dead the other day for the first time in yeah. years. Left 4 Dead Two, and Kevin's mm-hmm. like, "What? What happened to Turtle Turtle Rock Interactive?" How come they never made a game? I don't talk like be, that, okay? Is there ever going to be another Anyways, Left 4 yeah. Dead game? <laughs> I was curious if there was going to be another Left 4 Dead because we were playing it and I was like, man, this game's like, what, 12 years old? Yeah, yeah. Nine years old, 11 years old? Nine, 11 years old. It, it, but it still looks great. It still plays really great. It's fun. But but guys, there's they're now back for blood. Right. Back for blood. Yeah. Back so. for blood. Yeah. yeah, I it liked how cool. they showed like five minutes of just gameplay too. It wasn't a lot of like uh, pre-rendered video. Did they have like, a pre-rendered video? And then they like, did, but they're like, right. we're going to show you gameplay now. And it was like five minutes of just gameplay. Like it was one yeah. cut of gameplay. It wasn't like a bunch of snippets or hit it stop like or anything like that. Left 4 Dead Three. Like it, it didn't even look yeah. like it changed that much. So which I'm alright with. Um, yeah. yeah. And they're cool. also making a sequel to. A spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead, and they're making six spiritual successors another uh, 2000s horror franchise, Dead Space. Oh yeah, that's right. Remember? That's, right. that's cool. Remember we were looking Set at it, in the PUBG like, universe. Yeah, that's what does that so mean? Is it published by Blue Hole? <laughs> I don't know, but it's officially set in the PUBG universe, which is just like what? How could that even be a universe? What? Yeah, what, what? What is the what story <laughs> is there to tell there? I mean, there's a million personal stories. Maybe, hey, but, uh, maybe, it, maybe, it, maybe it'll have some of the maps or something. Like you could spend some time and that that'd be, be rad. Um, yeah, that looks pretty good. I mean, it does look like one of those, but it looks hopefully like a good one of those. I want to see it. the team back I mean, together. Yeah, Glenn Schofield making a horror sci-fi game. I'm totally on board. Did he work on the second and third game, or only the first? No, just the first game. Because the first game is the only one that I think is really good. I'm sure the second one's fine, and the third one's kind of garbage. Yeah. But but like the first the second game one is, is like more of the same. Good. The first game yeah. is a classic. Yeah. Huh. All right, so let's talk about our article of the week, which we've neglected to do for a while, because The Last of Us 2 took home several awards, including Game of the Year and uh, Best Direction. And coming from Ian Walker at Kotaku, they say games made under crunch conditions don't deserve Best Direction awards. What do you guys think about that? I agree. Yeah, I I mean, I don't work in the industry, but I totally understand that perspective, and I think it's a very valid criticism, especially with, I know how that game's crunched, how many years? It's like four years? Yeah, uh, something. Were they crunching for four years? I mean, pro- uh, I think, from what I understand, sure. they just crunch all the time. Like, that that right. studio uh, has has a culture of just working from six to 11 every day. Um, Jason Schreier wrote an incredible book, which really, you should be reading his book about this subject, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, which goes into, you know, huge details about Naughty Dog's uh, work-life balance and their culture, their company culture, and a lot of other games. So, mm. also CD Projekt I, Red, oddly. I, I, yeah, I heard that yeah. the, the turnover for Naughty Dog during the development of that game was very high. Yes. So, I totally understand the criticism of, like, praising the guy at the top while he, you know, stands over all these people who are working their asses off and leaving and maybe leaving the even the industry 
for that kind of game. I and mean, that sucks. Like I, I yeah, I, I think that's a fair criticism for sure. So it sucks. And the article points out rightly that crunch is unnecessary in most circumstances. It's really just like a failure of leadership, right? Like what do you, why do you have a hundred people crunching for two years? Why don't you just hire 200 people and have them work normal hours? Right. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And we are not experts or in the, in the industry. So take what we say with a grain of salt. But, um, I th- like the whole, I, think I know why but- industry is, well, there's a lot of reasons. Part of it is like, if you have 100 people, you think you had 100 people was enough to make this game, then it turns out you need 200 people. But to ramp up another 100 people will take six months, which means you're going to lose time. So you might as well just work these other people. And you're like, well, just do it for three months, and then it's six months, and then it's two years. Um, yeah. It's bad management, right? This is kind of what I'm saying. is like the, it, it, bad planning, but it's hard to plan for these things. Like Maybe the biggest problem is just the way the entire incentive system of the industry works. You can only make so much money selling a video game, right? But people yeah. expect bigger and bigger and more beautiful yeah. looking games, which cost more money to make. Um, and the cost of video games hasn't gone up with that. In fact, people tend to buy them on sale more often than not. So perhaps mm-hmm. gaming profits have winnowed in a lot of ways. I personally was for $70 games for AAA. That mm-hmm. was something that was very unpopular. It's happened. Whether people like it yeah. or not, it's happened. But like, yeah. I, I prefer that as a monetization scheme over battle passes or microtransactions or whatever. I think that that is the direction that they should go. Either just pay more upfront to have a game be less cheesily monitored. Like I don't want them to charge me double XP in a single player game, you know, to play it. Like that mm-hmm. that I think is crap. So that I think is to me that's that's a good monetization scheme. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I think um, even just outside of monetization schemes, I just think that uh, sometimes. I loved The Last of Us Part 2, but as much as I loved that game, it probably didn't need to be this 30-hour long experience. Like it, it, it could yeah. have been it could have been 20 hours, it could have been 15 hours, and it would have had the same impact, arguably would have been a more concise experience and uh yeah. I ju- I just think uh developers need to and leadership at some of these studios really need to think of what's really important when you develop a game. Like in Red Dead Redemption 2, do you really have to have the horse's testicles swell when it's cold, you know, when you're riding through the cold? Like, does that have to be a detail in the game? I mean, uh, Hades is an amazing game. And that uh, and that game, uh, Greg Cassavan and the guys at uh, Supergiant, that they're able... To, I'm sorry. Is it Supergiant or am I confu- confusing? Supergiant. Yeah, Supergiant. Right. Yeah. I guess right. Yeah. They, they require mandatory 20, out, 20 day vacations with all their employees. And you can tell when they develop the games, like a lot of the dialogue exchanges, they don't animate cut scenes for that. They'll just have like a still kind of illustration of the character in text and voiceover. And, you know, that they could have said we need to animate all of these dialogue exchanges, but it doesn't really enhance the experience. So there's, there's ways you can go around when you're developing a game where it's like, do we really have to animate it this way and have our employees crunch so much to do it that way? Or does this segment really have to be like five hours long? Can it be two hours long? So those kind of decisions should be made in my opinion. It's also worth noting that like crunch doesn't usually work there. There's been a lot of research on how much a person can work and still be productive. And it usually after about six hours, most people's productivity gets diminishes. And after about 10 hours, it really diminishes. And if you have people who are crunching for like six months or a year on end, 
Like th- at that point, they're so perpetually exhausted and sort of like low morale that their output is probably less than it would be if they were just working a f- well-rested 40 hours a week. So it's kind of like a cyclical, disgusting thing that happens. Uh, part of the problem is that we need maybe better laws about this. Maybe right. we need unionization, but also companies need to have uh better working cultures, right? The reason Supergiant doesn't crunch is because they don't want to. They want to have a sustainable company right. where people can work there for 10 years and not get burned out. Um, Naughty Dog doesn't give a fuck, right? Like Neil Druckmann's stepping on corpses so he can get his game out. Who cares who, I, I don't know him personally, but like that's, and it's not just him. It's like literally every AAA game is made like this. It seems because like their culture is like how you play effectively in darkest dungeon you like take all the people and like work them to death and then get rid of them right right because it's all about the product not the not not the the people not you know the community or whatever so and it's not just video games right video games are particularly bad because there's a lot of young people who are very enthusiastic about working in the industry and who work really hard for little pay but kevin and i both work in tech uh there's there's a huge amount of crunch in tech it's part of the culture it's kind of a badge of honor for some people uh, I don't crunch because I know that I can't work more than like 50, 60 hours a week and be totally burnt out. Um, thankfully, the company I work for doesn't require that of me. Kevin somehow doesn't have to crunch, even though his company may or may not. I don't know what people do at your company, but like it's like it really it's is. So, yeah. Some people do crunch at my company for sure. I, yeah. I, you, can, you can see it. It's kind of what you is what you want to do, really, if you mm. want to. It's, it's, it's just as long as your stuff gets done. So it works for us. Coming back to C, uh, CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk 2077, they had this like lots of articles about them, the forced crunch. And apparently they had this yeah. incentive system where they would give out like little tokens to people to get a bonus. If so, like you get a token for showing that you're working harder than everybody else or like, you know, for your contribution. Right. But like, clearly that's like some bullshit. Um, and then if the game, it was going to be, if the game had a good Metacritic store, they got uh, score, they got bonuses. Thankfully, so they walked back. Metacritic that because, still has an impact on the industry. It's yeah. so stupid. So they walked Ugh, it back I, because they realized that, that that it was management's fault that the game came out with bugs, and the bugs are part of are really hurting the review scores. So they're still going to get their bonuses, but like that doesn't change the fact that they have this incentive system where you yeah. know that guy in the corner that comes at, at six a.m. and refuses to leave and stop working until every other person is left there, even if you're there till six a.m. the next day, is getting all those fucking bonus tokens, like. What the fuck is that shit? That is such a yeah. toxic work environment. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not an I'm not an expert in the industry, uh, but just reading stuff from Jason Schreier and just reading stories uh, that have come out, the problem with crunch isn't necessary. It, it a lot of people have this misconception of crunch of like, oh, it's just something like where people sacrifice their weekends or they do six hour work six day work weeks for about four months but it, it's it really is that culture right like with the tokens it's like there's this expectation that you're going to sacrifice your weekends or you're going to sacrifice your nights to get this game right and it's really that it's just such a toxic culture just reading about it um it's terrible the funny thing about that style is like the, it's such a misnomer to think that the person that is getting the tokens is doing be- a better job. Like they're the ones right. who are trying to look like they're working the hardest, but I doubt their output is better than your someone who puts in right. an average of eight hours. Yeah, no, and it, it, it just it's such a disgusting incentive system. It's just going to create a, a really bad place to work for people. 
So it's a bummer, and it's not just video games, but video games have it particularly bad. But I, I know a lot of people who work in television and live in Los Angeles. Um, I, I work on the peripheries of television and films, and it's really bad. In, in Particularly if you work on TV shows, it's a little less bad on movies. But if you work on a TV show for some of these uh, networks, it, expect to work 80 to 100 hours a week if you want to be on the show. If you don't do that, you're just off the, off the show. Um, and it's, it's the yeah. same thing. It's because people want to be involved and I want to be, I want to work in movies. I want to work in video games. So it's like they're exploited, you know, you know, it's kind of crazy though. Cause it can really happen anywhere. I mean, I, uh, I was, I used to work as a teacher and when I was working as a teacher, there was this culture of like, if you aren't staying until like six or 7 PM planning or grading papers, like you're a bad teacher, like the people who left at three o'clock would get looks. So, so just it, it, to me it's just a problem with workplaces and it's unfortunate that there are certain workplaces where there's this weird culture of like this is your life like if you have a work life balance there's something wrong with you um yeah yeah capitalism's going to capitalism at least american capitalism it, it is a big part of like just um, americans badge of honor and this is a broader conversation i really recommend jason Schreier's book blood sweat and pixels i know he's about to put out a new book that's even more about crunch and the, and the video game industry. So I would recommend checking that out. I'm sure that will be great. And check out his reporting because he writes about this stuff all the time as one of the, the, the biggest critics and has a really loud bullhorn on this issue. So worth checking you know out. What I, uh, I, mm -hmm. The one thing I want to say that I just like, I love about Jason Schreier on this issue specifically is like he talks about how these developers like work their asses off for these games and then the game will come out and then it'll not be what people wanted and then Twitter and everything will blow up and like basically people are crunching their lives away for people who a group of people who just hate them and hate they, they hate the developers deaths. they hate yeah they call them lazy they, they say they're the worst people they give them like like if cyberpunk was delayed again the people oh, who yeah. are posting all these videos on twitter would probably have been the same people who would give them death threats right yeah like it's 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 like what, do you, what how do you win in this situation yeah it's kind of like on that subject i thought it was uh really ironic that a lot of gamers were uh, giving a lot of critics who were giving cyberpunk lukewarm scores like, like a lot of they were trying to assassinate on them th them on twitter and stuff character assassinate them and now that the game's out and the game's buggy they're just like review bombing metacritic so it's just like like everybody yeah. everybody loses with this crunch like the devs lose the critics lose the user lo users lose like it's just gotta crunch culture hurts everybody in many different ways yeah Okay, well, I think that's going to wrap up that discussion. Uh, quick note, see this controller right here? Looks like your everyday 360 controller. But actually, when I met Jason Schreier at E3, he used this to play What the Golf. Oh, my God. Yes, and Steven Totillo. So I know I, I'm a celebrity. You can get my, uh, my autograph later. Uh, that is all we have time <laughs> for today. Madden, as always, thank you for the awesome track that you gave us. We love you so much. Uh, we love your comments that you leave pretty regularly. That's, that's it's super cool. Yeah, Madden's um, good about that. Madden, we love you, man. Uh, and that's, I think, all we got time for today. So, adios. Adios.